welcome to the second episode of the How to Health podcast. I'm Alini. I'm Kira. I'm Jacqueline. And today's episode's on Thanksgiving. So how have you guys been? Um, I've been good this past week. I, I had a pretty good week. Um, I feel like I was like getting, I was pretty happy, pretty content. Um, and yeah, I feel like that carried through. Yesterday was our championship meet for cross country. Mm. So that was really fun. I didn't race, but it was really, really nice to be able to like watch my team and like be able to support everyone. Um, and we had a really good race. So that was awesome. And I'm bummed that cross country is over, but I'm excited for track season. Um, we have indoor track coming up, so it should be fun. That sounds very fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, I had a pretty good week, too. It was so this past week or week and a half sort of was Diwali. It was like a big deal for our family and I had a good time. I had talked to a lot of family that I hadn't talked to in a while. So that was all fun and I had a lot of midterms this week, but they're all over now. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, um, for me, so uh, at my workplace, there is someone who has uh, was tested positive for COVID. So I uh, pretty much stayed home for the entire week and doing everything remotely it was not good (laughs) but it was it was okay but um i also be able to stay at home and cook myself for everything every meal (laughs) so that's something i also spend so i did a lot of time reflecting about what i missed that i wasn't able to go to class or we have uh several group Things I, I wasn't able to go to, but that's kind of really these two, what we are talking about today, gratitude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, nice little segue. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we did a little challenge of uh, writing a gratitude journal for seven days. So how how is that experience for you both? I really enjoyed it. Um, I try and journal every day but at least like once or twice a week just because I find I really love reflecting and documenting and I feel like we talked about this a little bit the brain dump last episode um but that's one of my like favorite ways of journaling and I try and include gratitude as like a daily practice already um but having a bit more of a mission with it and having this concept of like I'm doing this for work um was really cool um and I was thinking I really enjoy this idea of like finding gratitude for the small things and so I wrote down some of my some of the things that I had written down um over the week like fall in Oregon is beautiful but it's really gray and we get these really nice leaves and like the good colors but in Pennsylvania it lasts so long. Yeah. Like, there are still these, like, fiery golden leaves, like, on trees that just haven't fallen at all. And I feel like the past couple days are some of the first days that we've gotten, like, really gray skies as opposed to the bright, clear blue skies. I'm really grateful for, like, the sunshine. Even though it's cold, like, I love those colors and the contrast. And it's nice to, like, have beautiful scenery to like ground with and then another thing was just like living in a different state that kind of correlates with that but I didn't ever think about moving to Pennsylvania in my life ever (laughs) I thought I would go from Oregon to New York or Boston or like Vermont or something like that but Pennsylvania was not on my radar but I'm really glad that I get to 
explore the area and just be somewhere new. And Cocoa Pebbles. I love Cocoa Pebbles and I am grateful that they exist. <laughs> I had a really good time journaling and having holding a gratitude journal. So yeah, what about you, Melanie? Um, I also had a pretty good time. Like I am not a journaler. I really didn't do I my fourth grade teacher tried to get us all to journal every day. I was not very good at it. <laughs> Something in me. Journaling is just sitting down and thinking and writing is hard, but I still do like to sit down and think. The actual writing portion of it was harder for me than the thinking, but I did enjoy just like sitting or dedicating some time to thinking about the things I'm grateful for every day before I went to sleep. That's kind of when I ended up doing it. And it just kind of was very calming at night and helped me sleep. I'm not sure about the writing part, but the thinking part, at least. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was also very, very grateful for the weather this week. My parents, I called my parents who were in Washington, in Oregon, Washington winters. It's just pouring down rain. Yes. <laughs> and they turned the camera outside and it's just dumping gray skies and all like, and I looked outside my window and I have a little bay window in my room. I got very, very lucky. I'm also very grateful for my room. Um... <laughs> It's got a little bay window that I can sit on, and I was sitting on the bay window looking out, and I have a view of the library, oh, so I can like see out onto the trees, and the leaves were all golden, and the sun was shining, and my, I was on the phone with my parents, who were showing me the gray skies, and I was like, I'm so thankful I'm not there. <laughs> but, yeah. Nice. How about you, Jacqueline? Uh, yeah. Uh, I have been like journaling on and off, and then it's... When I do, I f- do find it really helpful, but somehow I just couldn't, like, get it <laughs> into a routine of my life. I don't know why. <laughs> and But for this challenge, I was able to do it for five days, I think. I got, I d- like, couldn't do it over the weekend. I kind of forgot about it. It's a brain dump that uh, it kind of, because if you go to sleep kind of worried, like, your brain is still kind of working, but then um, just dedicating some time for pouring whatever is <laughs> troubling your mind onto papers really helps it help my brain <laughs> to rest. An- another observation is that just being just right, just to start a sentence I'm grateful for is really a good way to like encourage me to think. Because usually I just like got lazy and like think and then just start with oh I got a really good meal today but just instead of doing that I just say like I'm grateful for this good meal I have this is a really small gesture but it um, has a significant impact I feel like absolutely and I was doing some research on just like looking up gratitude and health benefits on google and um there are, like, I knew this from previous, like, therapy, where um, it would be like, there are health benefits to being grateful, like, it can make you happier, um, which is, like, actually true. There's scientific evidence that yeah. practicing gratitude and thinking of gratitude as a daily practice actually does make your life better, and, like, you can find, like, more joy and more contentment and happiness in your day-to-day life, um, and so... I think there are other ways of doing that. Like there's this one study that said like prayer and meditation and writing like mental thank you notes or 
even just writing actual thank you notes are like all examples of practices that a lot of people include in their day-to-day life that aren't necessarily a gratitude journal, but encourage the same like health benefits. And then there's also this idea that like physical health, wondering if physical health could increase by just practicing gratitude. And while I don't think there's, um, from the studies that I read, there wasn't, um, immediate evidence that showed the two together it does like gratitude is one of the fundamental pillars for a healthy lifestyle um and practicing gratitude in some way can lead to your physical health improving whether that being like doing the things that make you happy including like physical exercise or like eating nutritious meals um can lead to improvements in physical health as well so I thought that was really fascinating yeah, I had also read about, like, like writing physical thank you notes to people. Mm-hmm. I had one my parents, when I, every time I got a birthday present or any present, it was sit down, write a note, send it, and put it in the mail. Yeah. Um, and as a child, I resented it, <laughs> having to sit down and say, thank you. Because I, I always thought, oh, I just tell them in person. Like, I don't see why I have to do this. Yeah. But as now, looking back on it, like, I really do understand the purpose of it. And just, like, I'm very glad that they made me do that, and that's become a practice in my life. There's something about writing down what you're grateful for and sending it to the person, and it was a pretty good practice. If you really think about it, there isn't many material needs that we need. Uh, just for me, uh, a safe and decent housing, like, not, like, house housing, but, like, apartments, basically. <laughs> and then and then some, like, food, uh healthy and organic (laughs) and food yeah that's basically what you need in your life so yeah uh, i think we all need so little like really to sustain ourselves but we want so much and we forget to be grateful for the little things that we do have mm -hmm. and i think this week has just taught me to or so not even taught me sort sort of just reminded me to think about the things that i forget that i do have yeah absolutely i also think it's interesting to think about like just the accessibility of practicing gratitude. Like there are a lot of things in life that are not accessible. Like seeing a therapist or psychiatrist, like is not necessarily accessible to everyone. Um, And while let me not invalidate the possibility that like actually going to see like mental health providers or just like healthcare providers in general is incredibly necessary and should be more accessible. If people want to find like ways of improving their own, mental health day-to-day like practicing gratitude is one of those like very accessible Mm -hmm. methods to add more reflection and general thankfulness and joy in your day-to-day life so kind of the reason why we want to do this episode about gratitude is because thanksgiving is coming up well how do you usually celebrate thanksgiving normally i would be at home with my family and Thanksgiving is around the same time as my dad's birthday. And while my dad is no longer um, with us, he passed away when I was younger. Um, I feel like gathering like my family together was really important for Thanksgiving because it kind of provided like a dual celebration, in my opinion. Um, and oftentimes my uncle, who lives in Portland, Oregon, um, and his family would come and join us in Eugene and we'd all like celebrate together, which was really nice. 
But this year, I actually won't be at home because I'm not flying all the way across the country, (laughs) Um, which I am quite bummed about. Actually, I really wish I could be with my family, but um, I have my great aunt in New York. And so I'll be getting to celebrate Thanksgiving with her this year, which I'm excited about trying something new. And it was also originally like what I kind of wanted out of college is like exploring these like breaks from like academia um, to explore like a different part of the country. Um, But I will say one of my, I mean, Thanksgiving for my family was really about like the food. Um, (laughs) Like there are such traditional plates um, for Thanksgiving and like we would really dive into that and I love stuffing um, which is such a weird thing (laughs) to love I feel like but one of my favorite things was making turkey gravy with my uncle he would always help me like make a roux and that would be like the one thing that I actually made for the Thanksgiving meal since I was younger Um, and also just the general excitement and warmth and being from the west coast being from Oregon it was always raining um We'd go on, like, family walks in the rain and then come back and, like, cook dinner. And just that general, like, being together was really nice. Yeah, our Thanksgiving were, Thanksgivings were always a little bit weird because um, it's not that. We don't do, like, a huge Thanksgiving, but we also, like, don't let it go by the wayside. So we always end up going to my aunt's house and and we always end up eating these big meals <laughs> It's a lot of food. Um, But this year, again, not flying all the way back to the West Coast for four days. I think that's what we have. Yeah. Um, So I'm actually going to my roommates in New York. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I think that was was one of my journal entries was just that I was grateful to have somewhere to go for this Thanksgiving. Because otherwise I would be stuck on campus. But I'm very grateful that... I'm going to be able to explore New York. Wow, that's really fun. Also get to ride on the train for the first time. So um, I didn't grow up in this country, so I don't have a family tradition about Thanksgiving. But like for this year, I have been like experimenting with all the, <laughs> all the kind of squashes that I can find in the grocery store. And just like try roasting them or stuffing them. <laughs> and... Yeah, just talking about that, um, I also want to talk about what kind of, like, like Thanksgiving being a traditional um, festival, what kind of, like, critique or what would you like to keep it up? So my critique is more about, I was wondering why would people celebrate a festival by killing animals, by killing turkeys as a dish, and just like so much education has this emphasis on like having a good meal but there is like no evidence that serve turkey served on the first thanksgiving and like and if you like google it there are literally so many like vegan thanksgiving dishes that you can find and like there is even like Tofu turkey, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Tofu turkey. Oh, yeah. Tofu yes. <laughs> like, I was not big about the idea of stuffing, but if that's your <laughs> Thanksgiving thing, you're like, sure, do it. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, my whole spiel is just, like, the history. The false yeah. history, the whitewashing yeah. of the history, the way that I personally was raised within the private and public, like, United States American education system, and the way that we really played up Thanksgiving in school and totally denied the factualities of the way that colonizers related with indigenous people in this country. Um, How did your schools teach it? I went to a private Catholic elementary and middle school. And so we would like put on plays and like certain people would be Native Americans and certain people would be the settlers. And A, we can talk about the disgustingness of having people dress up as indigenous people mm-hmm. um and b it was always like oh we're friendly like uh, we want to celebrate this like relationship with this massive meal and like mm-hmm. let the indigenous people show the settlers the way that they feast um which is obviously not true as we reflect but that was a lot of what was pushed and it's actually fascinating my roommate works at one of the schools um nearby uh through like Bryn Mawr work study and uh she said they're still pushing that agenda but yeah what how, was it similar or different it was when I was younger um like middle school and middle school they definitely like just, just kind of sugarcoated it it was the whole like oh yeah they just enjoyed a great meal together sort of mm-hmm. thing and then as I got older the teachers started saying that it wasn't true but they also did not the the perspective didn't change it was always the yay they enjoyed a meal together Mm. but we also got more into what actually happened yeah so they wouldn't take away from the they enjoyed a meal together part of it but they also kind of gave us a little bit more i feel like Mm -hmm. um but it still wasn't great yeah yeah i feel like once i entered high school I went to a public high school Mm -hmm. and um definitely a we didn't make Thanksgiving necessarily as big of a deal yeah and I felt like elementary middle school did like there were for some reason we would always shift like the academic plan to be like talking about Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving which makes sense I guess but I don't know if there's as much of a it's not like we talk about the history of Halloween in elementary middle school or at least I didn't Mm -hmm. like when Halloween comes around but yeah I mean personally the critique of Thanksgiving that very colonizer imperialistic history and then on top of that like education actively partaking in the glorification of concepts like manifest destiny and colonization the celebration of the west um and totally ignoring the history that indigenous people had with a colonizers coming and b thanksgiving like it's just not really an actual historical thing so yeah every thanksgiving like or so there's a lot of traffic on the freeways and at least um where i live going from olympia to seattle because a lot of people have family in seattle so everyone is going to seattle and or they come like from further south from Olympia and then they all drive through Olympia and as soon as you pass Olympia there's this um Nisqually wildlife refuge that used to once be just the Nisqually tribe lands 
And so I always think like how people, when people pass them, they just look at that. And that's sort of, it's very ironic to me that on the way to Thanksgiving, you're just passing through like all this native land. Yeah. Actually, since we're talking about it, one of my questions was just like, can we experience or celebrate a day of thanks without perpetuating this very like violent and disturbing conversation of wiping out the actual history of colonization? And can like can we celebrate Thanksgiving specifically without doing partaking in promulgating, perpetuating this very false understanding of what Thanksgiving actually is? Um, yeah, I don't know. Big questions, but what do you guys think? I think it we, it kind of goes back to like retelling history in a way and like changing how we tell the history. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like, we just talked about, like, how different schools teach us so differently. And I think the biggest thing is just to make people aware of what it really is. Um, and I think it needs to start when people are younger so that they can actually absorb it and understand it. And being grateful is a great thing. Like, using Thanksgiving as a way to, like, recognize what you're grateful for. I know a lot of families do the thing where they, like, all go around the table and say what they're grateful for. Um, and I think that's a great tradition and it's, it's something that like, it should be a celebration of its own. I don't think it needs to be combined with, I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but like combined with the gruesome history of Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. I think it should almost be two separate things. I don't know if that answers your question. That's just a lot of words. No. Yeah. I completely think it does. Like, I mean, that question was totally me just typing away I like I like like personally like in order to be a better ally in order to be more educated like I don't want to personally partake in a Thanksgiving that does not acknowledge yeah. what actually happened and still continues to happen mm-hmm. with white people taking and murdering like indigenous people's land families etc I like did some research on um like celebrating Thanksgiving without promoting this like very false history. And um, there's this idea of like asking non-Native people to educate themselves and their families on the real history of the holiday. So like you said, and taking time to learn the tribe whose land you're on and look into that tribe's struggles and donate to help. Um, And so I was thinking about Bryn Mawr specifically since... We are, we are here at Bryn Mawr, and so I did the little research of um, whose land are we on, and Bryn Mawr is on Lenny Wenape land. Um, I was also wondering, like, how has Bryn Mawr celebrated Thanksgiving, and what has Bryn Mawr specifically done to add to the harm against the indigenous population, the Lenny Wenape um, population, historically and modernly. And as I was looking into that, I couldn't find any specific history. I did find a land acknowledgement, so that's important. Um, and it's in Bryn Mawr's Equity, Inclusion, and Anti-Racism statement on the website. Um, but I was also then wondering, like, what do land acknowledgements themselves really do? I know that, like, most Bryn Mawr talks and... Um, like if there's like faculty speeches and stuff like that, 
they normally start with a land acknowledgement. But then I was like, okay, what, what can Bryn Mawr actually do? Um, land acknowledgements are super, like, I think land acknowledgements are a step in the right direction because they can start conversations. And then, I mean, that's sort of just the beginning. Absolutely. But I don't think a land acknowledgement, like, just having a land acknowledgement on your website is enough. Mm-hmm. The Haverford and Bryn Mawr strike that happened last semester. Yes. And the very first demand from Haverford College was to that Haverford College return institutional land back to Native nations. Um, and the administrative response was no. Um, the college can't return institutional land without ceasing its educational mis- mission as currently realized. And then I thought those last two words were really interesting as currently realized because I was thinking if we can't actively support indigenous populations as an educational institution at with the edu- ed- educational mission as actively re- as currently realized then maybe the current educational mission isn't correct maybe indigenous support and education should go together go hand in hand yeah. um and while i think that's a totally separate trail of thought that we could continue with. Um, That was kind of like my little spiel about Bryn Mawr Thanksgiving, like the Bico and Thanksgiving. um, And my critique of Thanksgiving. Um, Because I think it's really important if we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, I think it's really important to start conversations about land sovereignty and the way Indigenous people had a way impacted and neglected by governments. Um, yeah, we saw the Navajo tribes. I think that was the really big yeah. one, right? Yeah, we can also talk about water and other systemic health issues. Very food prevalent. Sovereignty. So food, what? food sovereignty. Food sovereignty, yeah, totally. Um, and also, like, mental health issues like alcoholism and depression. We can talk about the literal health crisis of missing murdered indigenous women. Um, I think Bryn Mawr should do. So now that we've talked so much about like um, the history of Thanksgiving, so the falsified history of Thanksgiving and the importance of just being grateful for things around us. um, And both of them are big components of Thanksgiving. So what, like, what do you guys think is something that is an act of change that people can make to to really write, do Thanksgiving right, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, I like to donate um, to places like Bico Mutual Aid and also, which Venmo Bico Mutual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bico Mutual Aid is, well, mutual aid is a way for communities to organize and allow for reparations and like the redistribution of wealth between um, those with excess and those with not. Um, And so Bico Mutual is a way for Haverford and Bryn Mawr students to um, donate to each other essentially. And there are also lots of specific goals that Bico Mutual Aid is able to post about on Instagram and other forms of social media. Their Venmo is easily accessible when I pull out my phone and look up Venmo. Um, but 
for me, like I try and donate as much as I can, every paycheck, um, at least. And, uh, I think it's a really good and easy way for people within this community to support other people within their community. Let's see if I can find it. It's at B-I-C-O Mutual. So that is their Venmo if you would like to donate. I also will probably be doing more research on specific Lenny Wenape tribe donations um, since we're here and we are on their land. Um, and then I also like to donate. Um, Eugene is on Kalkalia land. Um, and so I like to donate to um them as well and then also active education so I like to read books by indigenous authors um articles about the struggles and issues that indigenous people are facing and I think education is one of the most imperative methods of being able to actively understand um the world around you and open up your mind to different things aside from your personal perspective and as a white person that is very important so yeah I think for me it's like a big a big thing of like just trying to divorce I guess like the Thanksgiving mythology um from the Thanksgiving traditions okay so <laughs> this reminds me uh so as a person who as an international student who come here for college, there was, when I first came here, uh, I mean, during the first two years, I guess, there is a strong urge for me to kind of fit in, to learn the American culture, uh, which obviously includes learning about all the festivals that's happened here, and then kind of learn about what, like, Americans do to celebrate and then kind of and then that's around where when the strike happens and it's really is a a moment that i uh start to reflect and to think about how history is a narrative that it is a construct that can be changed by people who have the power to change it I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, if if there is turkey at the Thanksgiving that I'm attending, um, I will definitely be reflecting upon that. And in general, like, our relationship with um, meat and this, like, lack of value of life and also the, like, uh, like factual history's lack of value of life for those who are not white settlers in a quote-unquote new land so yeah I thought this was a really interesting conversation yeah I think much needed conversation Mm. thank you for listening we'll see you guys next time bye bye